to the Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left, press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey, old Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast, presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And make sure you check out our podcast on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, our handle is at trilogy underscore pod. So make sure you check us out on all those locations as well. Um, I'm trying to be active on Twitter, you know, interact with things I see not on it all the time, but I do try to be active when I do see stuff. I like to post questions and all those types of things and kind of give you my thoughts about certain, uh, newsworthy stuff that comes up in the Twitter feed. So make sure you guys uh, interact with us there that'll allow me to bring more content that you want and you know would like to listen to um, and kind of get my thoughts on those types of things as well so today obviously it's April we are talking more draft stuff and um, I'm excited to get into more of the other stuff that's going on with the Packers but being a once a week show you know eventually hopefully I can do some more but right now that's kind of what I'm set on because that's what I can do on a consistent basis so I would like to be consistent with it on a once a week show and we're in April we got to talk draft so the last couple times um, you know I've been when I talk draft stuff I've been talking specifically players that I want and specifically players that I'm looking forward to you know last week I spent a lot of time on first round prospects and my three guys uh, you know two of them most likely are not going to be there, but they were kind of in the range on a consensus on the consensus big board, you know, that they're, they could be there. You know, if something happens and they fall, you know, I'd love to see them in green Bay. Um, but you know, and then my other one, so that was two of the three and my other one, as you guys know, is Jackson Smith and Jigba. The guy that I think is most likely to be there of the guys that I really, really want at 15 he is, he is my guy, and I've talked a lot about him, but I kind of wanted to see, you know, what are the media experts? Where, where are they landing in terms of where, where they think the Packers are going to go with this pick um, at 15? And then we'll also go a little bit deeper, and there are some mock drafts that I'm going to look at that do have um, second round players um, as well as... Also, there's one that I actually have four rounds on. So that'll be, we'll look at some deeper prospects there. All right. So we're just going to start um, with the first mock I looked at for this. And it, I believe it came out today as I was, rec- as I'm recording this on the 17th. Um, and that's 
from USA Today and the Draft Network. They both had the same pick, so we'll talk about those two together. Um, and that is Lucas Van Ness, the edge from Iowa. So I'm using this as a way to kind of talk about some other prospects that I really haven't been focusing on because I have kind of a, a way of thinking about this and players I think that Cannon should be going there at the 15th overall pick to the Packers. Um, and Lucas Finesse is really not one of those guys that I had a lot of, you know, have been looking at a ton. But when you look at the prospect for Lucas Van Ness, you know, he's he's a good prospect. He's a exciting one to be sure. So, you know, when you think the Packers, you know when they draft, they draft athletes. And Lucas Van Ness is definitely an athlete. He's in the 93rd, almost 94th percentile uh, via RAS for overall athletic profile. Um, so his agility grade is great. His speed grade is elite. Um, as a six foot five, 275, 70 pound player, he's running in the four, five, eights. That's, that's basically what Devante ran a four, five, six at his combine. And this guy is 270 running four, four, five, eight. So just two one hundredths of a second slower than Devante. Obviously, that's not going to translate perfectly, but you know, you think about chase down speed and different things like that. Um, it's just incredible how fast this guy is off the edge. Um, obviously, that's where you think about it the most, but you know, you get a little bit out of position and you can go still chase down that quarterback. You can, um, you know, make plays that not everyone else is going to be able to make because you're so damn fast. He's got 97 percentile speed I mean it's just elite elite stuff um, his 10 yard split is also very elite um, you know 98th percentile with that he gets off the line quick and he stays quick which I think is is very very nice and exciting for Lucas Van Ness off the edge so that's you know when you're thinking athletic profile he's very fast and he's got great agility you know he he has that good bend that you look for. You know, as a speed rusher, you like to be able to speed rush and then bend outside or bend underneath the tackle to get outside the tackle and get to the quarterback. Um, so when you just think about that, it, it makes a lot of sense. As a speed rusher, he could be great in in that area. Um, he, the thing with... Um, Lucas Van Ness, he also has good functional strength. You know, he didn't blow anyone out of the waters with his bench at the combine. And in fact, it was pretty bad, but on film, you watch him and he has the strength needed. He can do, um, all he can add his speed and his strength together and be a very fun prospect to watch. He's got flexibility. Like I said, those agility scores bear that out. Um, and then obviously he's got, he's very fast. He also plays with a high motor, you know, he wants to be in every play. So he's always working. It really reminds me a lot, honestly, of Rashawn Gary coming out of school, but there is room for improvement. Again, Rashawn Gary was not a uber elite prospect in terms of how productive he was at the college level, rushing the passer. At, at the college level, he was an uber athlete that was great at stopping the run, but he didn't really get to the passer. 
I mean, to me, that sounds a lot like Rashawn Gary. That sounds a lot like Lucas Van Ness. They they do seem like similar prospects in that way. Um, obviously, Rashawn Gary gets at the quarterback now a diff- little bit different way, even though he can use speed, you know, speed to power, all those types of things. In terms of the prospect themselves, they do have kind of a similar level um, of ceiling. And he, Lucas Van Ness and Rashawn Gary at the time were just scratching the surface of what they could be. And Rashawn has grown into a top 10 edge rusher in this league, I would say. I, th- I think he's an elite edge rusher in this league. He's very, very good. Um, the main things with Lucas Van Ness, he doesn't have a lot in terms of his pass rush repertoire. He kind of is a one-trick pony. At the NFL level, you have to be able to do more than that. So, um, you know, combining that with inexperience um, and just those types of things that you have to read as an NFL edge, um, you know, that's that's going to be something that he has to look at and improve upon. But in terms of the athletic profile, it is there. So it would not surprise me at all if Lucas Van Ness is the pick at 15. Another very popular pick, um, Charles Davis from NFL Network. Um, let's see who else. The Fantasy Pros on YouTube had Dalton Kincaid. Um, as well as the mock dress database, I looked at three of their consensus mocks. So one from the last month, one from the last two weeks, and one from the last week. So it's just looking at those mocks and those time frames and what's been the most popular pick to the Packers at 15. And in the last month overall and in the last week, Dalton Kincaid is the pick. So that's two picks or two drafts there, one from the Fantasy Pros and one from. Uh, Charles Davis from NFL Network have Dalton Kincaid as the pick at 15 for the Packers. So Dalton, uh, tight end out of Utah. We do not have an athletic profile on him. He did not test at all due to some injury. Um, So we won't dive into a bunch of the athletic measurables because we don't have them. Uh, But on tape, he is an athlete. He is a very athletic tight end. And that's something definitely to uh, look at. You know, he's 6'4", 246 pounds um, at the NFL Combine. And the reason why he is the pick at 15 is he is the best true, like, pass catcher of the tight ends. He may not and is probably is not the best, definitely is not the best inline blocker, um, in that part of the tight end game, he hasn't proved much in his college career. But in terms of just pure being able to make plays and, you know, run the middle of the field and just like get eight when you need five, you know, those types of things, he is phenomenal. Great ball skills, great hands, his body control, he'll go up and make, you know, high point balls, all of those type of stuff. And like I said, on tape, he's an extremely good athlete. We just don't have the athletic measurables to go on and test that right now. And he plays in a way at Utah that is very likely to transition to the NFL level. So, like I said, route running, athleticism, his hands are, are his big, big um, strong points here. His, his route running, he's very 
for a tight end, he's he's very good at running routes. And you don't always see that. A lot of times tight ends, you know, you kind of scheme them open and then they can, you know, break tackles, make people miss in the open field and all that type of stuff where Dalton Kincaid coming out of college, which is the big difference, is he's he's a good route runner. He knows how to run routes. He's very fluid in that way. Um, he has had a very extensive route tree, which again, at the tight end level in college, isn't always something that happens because you're doing so much. You're, you're running routes, you're pass blocking, you're run blocking. You have all these different responsibilities. They don't always in a college offense have extensive route trees for these tight ends, but Dalton Kincaid has had to run through those. He can threaten at all levels of the field. So it, it really makes a lot of sense as a guy when you have Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, obviously Christian's going to be your burner over the top guy, a number one. And then you got Romeo Dobbs being able to do your, your short to intermediate stuff from the outside. Now you got Dalton Kincaid, who again is not a great blocker, but you can use him as a big slot almost and split him out a little bit more often. And, and he could be your, for lack of a better term, your slot weapon. He's he's not a wide receiver, but he can he can definitely go out and and make plays and really stress defenses from the middle part of the field. So in that way, it makes so much sense uh, combining him with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and the rest of this offense. And then you throw in that the fact that you have two good running backs, you know, and, and you start to be like, okay, this could be great. And if you can develop him in to be at least a willing blocker, maybe not the best blocker, but if he's willing to go in and get dirty and, and do those types of things and block and really block hard and maybe not extremely well, but if he can go in and block hard, you know, then you can deal with that. And, and he's going to give you a little bit more juice in the pass catching game than most of the other tight ends in this draft. So that is definitely something that's exciting um, and definitely a prospect to look, keep an eye on out, out there for. Um, to me, tight end, if we're going to draft a tight end in the first round, preferably I'd like to trade back um, and, and gain a little value from it. Because I think if you take Dalton Kincaid at 15, another prospect is Michael Mayer. Um, Mayer is a little bit more of the well-rounded prospect. He can do everything good. Um, but nothing particularly like stand off, stand out ish like Dalton Kincaid. It's a great receiving tight end. You know, on the flip side, Darnell Washington is an absolutely fantastic inline blocking tight end. Um, Mayer can do both of those things very well, but not to the level of Kincaid for catching and Darnell Washington for blocking. Um, the thing with Washington, though, is the athleticism is off the charts. And if you can just figure out a way to get the ball in that guy's hands, he can be a threat there in the passing game as well. Um, but yeah, that's, if you're looking at a tight end, let's trade back. It doesn't have to be, you know, drop into 28, but let's drop back to 20 and add a like late sec, mid to late second or, you know, add a third and a fourth this year. So, you know, I don't know exactly what the, what the value would be there, but add a little bit because you can probably get, even if it's not Dalton Kincaid, you can get Michael Mayer at 20. Um, Dalton Kincaid at 20 probably still will be there, you know? So if you can get those guys a little later, if you can, 
drop back a few positions, add a third round pick, add a, whatever it is, add some value to your draft and, and give yourself some more ammunition and then, you know, go from there. But I think if you take tight end, that's what I would prefer to do because I think you can get that guy four, five, six picks later. Um, and if you really want to go crazy, you do what we did in the uh, Jair Alexander draft where we, you know, I can't remember exactly where we were picking, but we dropped down from mid first round to the end of the first round. And then we traded back up to 18 to get Jair. And when we traded back, we got a first round pick the next year that turned into Darnell Savage. Um, and then when we traded back up to go get Jair, you know, we didn't have to get rid of that first round pick. So we, it just, the value made so much sense. So even something like that drop to 30, get a first round pick, you know, and then try to build that back up and get back into 22 with giving away a fourth, a fourth and a fifth or something like that. And now you've generated a lot of uh, value by getting an extra first round pick next year. And then whatever happens with the Aaron Rodgers trade. And now you're, you're really looking good for future draft capital and being able to really build this team around Jordan Love. Um, some other picks. There's a couple tackle picks in the first round. Um, Daniel Jeremiah had Paris Johnson Jr. Um, so Paris Johnson Jr. is the offensive tackle from Ohio State. Again, another guy we don't have really a lot of that the testing numbers on, um, but he is a top-level offensive tackle prospect in this class. Um, so we'll we'll take a look at Paris Johnson here. I do think I talked about him a little bit uh, in our in our last excuse me in our in our episode last week. Um, so he is got the the size, the athleticism, he has great um, kind of coordination and being able to, you know, if he loses a half step, kind of getting back and, and making the play still and keeping his quarterback clean, um, you know, rather than all of a sudden, oh, you didn't expect a speed rush and now the guy's got a step and you can't recover. Um, Paris Johnson Jr. can do that. He, with his size and his athleticism, he has a high ceiling. Um, which is very exciting. He's 6'6", 313. Um, the thing is with him is he's not a long-term tackle starter. So he has some uh, technical things to work on, hand placement, um, you know, all those types of things, and maybe need some functional strength improvement throughout. But I, I went through him a lot last week, so I am not going to kind of go overboard about talking about Paris Johnson Jr., um, but Daniel Jeremiah had him mocked to the Packers at 15. Broderick Jones, uh, Rhett Lewis from NFL.com projected Broderick Jones, offensive tackle from Georgia, coming to Green Bay. Another, makes a lot of sense, elite-level athlete. <laughs> um, he has a 9.5, almost 9.6 RAS score. Um, big guy, six foot five, three eleven. You know, good explosion, which is your vertical and broad jump. Um, both in the 80th percentile there. His his speed grade is elite, which shows another just level of his athleticism. Um, 
So that's another one of those guys at the offensive tackle position. I didn't spend a lot of time talking about Broderick Jones last week. I talked about uh, Peter Skaronsky and Paris Johnson Jr. So we'll spend a little bit more time on Broderick Jones. Again, offensive tackle from Georgia. Um, he has, especially on tape, just incredible athleticism. And his speed grade really bears that out. He did not do any agility testing yet. Um, but you can just it just flashes on tape how how athletic athletic he is um always 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 thinking about finishing blocks you know it he is it just reminds me of you know the blind side when michael Orr just pushes the guy over the wall and he says i i was blocking till the whistle coach um or i was taking him to the bus where he belongs or however it was worded um, but that's kind of what he is. He's he's a finisher. He is going to block till the echo of the whistle type of guy, which is always something that you want. Um, and I personally think after looking more into him this week, he is he is my guy with his athleticism, upside, all those types of things with that mentality of like, I am not going to let you beat me and I am going to finish this job. I just... Love, love, love that. He's so physically gifted. And then you watch him at Georgia and you can see how good he is and how polished he is overall, all of those types of things. Um, it's just something that it's fun to watch. And as long as you can coach him up a little bit, maybe polish the technique a little bit more. Um, but I just think he's a guy that, that could fit very, very well um, in this Packers offense. All right, moving right along. Another player that I didn't spend a lot of time on. I spent a lot of time on a player in a similar position um, is Miles Murphy. So last week I talked a lot about Tyree Wilson, which I don't think he's going to be there. But again, there are weirder things that happened. You know, Aaron Rodgers was supposed to go one overall. We get him at 24. He was never supposed to be there, you know, but crazy things like that happen. So that's why I wanted to talk about Tyree Wilson. He is one of my run the run the card in type of guys. Um, Miles Murphy is another guy that is just kind of a rare athlete when you watch him on fields. He's got all the tools, all the traits that you want. Um, you can see him from the time he came in to the college ranks to the time he left. Consistent improvement. Um, he just was always getting better, which is, it's great to see. You want, you want your star potential star next player to be someone that's constantly working, constantly trying to improve. Um, and, and miles Murphy definitely was that guy. Um, another thing he gets every single person, coach, teammate, opposing players, love the player and the person miles Murphy um, and he can win in any front you put him in. So he, it's not scheme dependent or anything like that. I just, he, he's going to be a fun guy and a guy that can kind of walk around the formation, can do a little bit of everything. Um, and the impressive thing to me is, you know, I mentioned his constant improvement, um, over the time that he has been in the college ranks. He's just always developing. Um, but he came into Clemson as a five-star recruit, a t top 10 recruit nationally. 
Um, you know, everyone was looking for this guy to come to them and he chose Clemson and he's just been constantly, constantly improving and developing as a pass rusher. Um, and he's just kind of been a nightmare for offensive tackles. And I mean, if you, if he's there at 15, he, he might be, as I look more into miles Murphy, he might be another one of those guys where I'm like, Hey, if he falls, you got a guy with some rare athletic measurables traits and a guy that's been widely regarded as one of the best players in the nation when he was coming into college and he's continued to develop and gotten better, even though he was a top prospect, you know, that, that is a exciting thing. Like he's not just okay with where he's at. He's constantly trying to improve and you can say everyone does that, but there are plenty of top 10 high school recruits that go on to be drafted in the NFL and you don't even know their names. Um, because you know, they're drafted in the sixth round and they just didn't improve in college. Um, and then some NFL teams like, well, we think we can do it. He's got rare athletic gifts, all this stuff. And, and then he just turns out for nothing in the NFL. So that is something that is very, very exciting as just a person, you know, and as a trait of the human being, Miles Murphy is someone that's working. He's constantly working. So that's amazing and something that you want to keep an eye on. Um, next, we're going to look at a four-round mock here uh, from Chad Reuter from NFL.com. And in this mock, he projected a trade in Aaron Rodgers' trade. So in this Aaron Rodgers' trade, the Packers get 42 and 43 from the Jets. Um, and... I don't know if there's any more to that trade, but that's what they got in this year's draft. So that's what was important. At 15, Chad Ruder says Packers get Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's my it's my favorite draft so far. <laughs> um, obviously, you guys know he is he is my guy. If if we get Jackson Smith and Jigba, I am so excited. Him in the slot with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. I just think it could be a fantastic wide receiver room, and I would just be so excited if that's who the Packers end up getting. And now in the second round at 42, they get Darnell Washington. He's my other like bang the table for guy that if he falls to us at, you know, what whatever it is, 42, 43, 45, I am so excited. And the combination, I think, is what's so exciting to me for this. So the combination of Jackson Smith and Jigba, Darnell Washington, and then throw that in with the other skill players we have. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. You throw all those together in, in the skill sets is what really excites me. So on the on the outside, you got Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Obviously, you got a burner on one side. You got the, the guy that can do a little bit of everything on the other. Then in the slot, you got a guy in... Jackson Smith and Jigba, who can just be a game changer in the middle of the field. You have Aaron Jones, who can be a game changer from the backfield. And then you got your power back in A.J. Dillon, who can make some splash plays as well. And then you add in a guy that has just some of the most absurd athletic testing we've seen at the tight end position um, in a long time. And he's just a huge guy with unreal strength. And then he also has some unreal speed, although at times it can look like he's trying to run and he just looks like Brooke Lopez and is very slow. <laughs> um, but 
he tested very well. And I think if he catches up to the speed of the NFL, I think he could be a really fun guy that's like, he's your sixth offensive lineman, but also you can't just assume, you know, you run Mercedes Lewis out there, you know, the Packers are probably running the football. Um, but with Darnell Washington, he can be that kind of level of blocker, hopefully, but also he can actually really impact the passing game because he's such a good athlete. If they coach him up a little bit, I think he could be that combination of having him kind of in the middle of the field, Jackson Smith and Jigba in the middle of the field. You add that with the other skill position players that are on this roster. I just think it could be a lot, a lot of fun. And I really love that combination of JSN in the first and Darnell Washington in the second. Um, so at 43, the Packers draft Mozzie Smith in this draft, D-tackle from Michigan. Uh, 45, they uh, get Matthew Bergeron, the offensive tackle from Syracuse. I want to spend a little bit of time on Bergeron because this was, without a doubt, the most popular pick in the second round. So mo- in, in pretty much all the drafts at 45, because in this draft it was at 45 as well. Matthew Bergeron just seems to be the guy that everyone is mocking to the Packers in the second round. So he's an offensive tackle from Syracuse. He is very experienced. He has um, some good movement skills, and he's just, because he's so experienced, he's very controlled and smooth and knows what he's doing. Um, So it just looks like that on film. It doesn't look like he doesn't know where he needs to be. He always knows where he needs to be. Um, and he is there. So that is one thing that's very exciting for him. Um, some reasons for concern is he's not the biggest of like lengthwise. He's not the biggest, doesn't have the longest arms, um, doesn't have the best functional strength and will need some developments in terms of his, uh, hand placement, the timing of when he gets his hands up, all that type of stuff. So he's not easily, you know, do a swim move or a rip move around him. Um, he is very good and very, uh, fundamentally sound in run blocking, specifically zone run blocking, which is exactly what the Packers do. Um, the other thing, he could be a guard, he could be a tackle. It's just, is the, is the length, the arm length issue going to be a big enough issue to be that he's not going to be able to be able to be a tackle at the next level. So that's the biggest concern with him. But at 45, if you're getting a guy that, you know, we'll try him at tackle. If that doesn't work, he's a great run blocker. Let's throw him in at guard. And now you got Elton Jenkins and Matthew Bergeron as your guards for however long, you know, that they're here for the next eight years. You know, that that could be a great combination and really something that is a great thing as Matthew Bergeron is just such a smart player. Um, in the third round at 78, Daniel Scott, the safety from California. Um, and then lastly, in the fourth round, Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver from Ohio State. And if you haven't heard that name, I think that could be – there's a few names I think that the wide receiver um, could be kind of that third, fourth round, um, and even the second. In the second, I haven't talked about him a lot, but Jalen Hyatt could be a guy the Packers go for. It's someone it seems like that they really, really like – um, and it would not surprise me if they go like Michael Mayer in the first and then Jalen Hyatt or Dalton Kincaid, then Jalen Hyatt in the second, get two pass catchers right off the bat. But I think Xavier Hutchinson in the fourth is an absolute steal. 
the draft network has him ranked as their 61st prospect and we're getting him at like 116 here just ridiculous that he stayed that long on that board um but if if we go get Xavier Hutchinson at 78 I think that's something that could be really really fun you know great route running great hands just produced all the time in college at Ohio Oh, it's not, not Ohio State, Iowa State with the Cyclones. Um, and then he's got good contestious catch, contested catch ability. So some of the reasons that the Draft Network have for concerns for him, ability to be a vertical threat and explosiveness. Well, we don't need a vertical threat. Number nine is our vertical threat. Christian Watson's a great vertical threat. We don't need another one. So if we have a guy that is a great route runner, you know, maybe this is our JSN light. You know, when you get two potential slot receivers that are great route runners in this draft and you just figure out which one hits. I obviously think Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to hit and going to be a an absolute smash at the NFL level. But if you take this guy in the third, fourth round and he hits, now, now all of a sudden you're looking at a wide receiver room with Christian Watson, who is your alpha number one, your deep threat type of guy. You throw in Jackson Smith and Jigba in the spl- slot, who could also be your your alpha number one, um, or maybe you just have two, one in the slot, one on the outside. And then you have Romeo Dobbs who can do a little bit of everything. And you have Xavier Hutchinson who can just run routes and, and catch the ball so well that you have an unbelievable third and fourth option as well. You know, that could be something that is exciting as well. Some other names just to watch for in the wide receiver department. Jonathan Mingo is a name um, that I think the Packers will like quite a bit. Uh, Cedric Tillman could be a guy. Um, and then, like I said, Xavier Hutchinson, J- Jalen Hyatt. So Jalen Hyatt, kind of your second round looking for him. Uh, third round, I would say Xavier Hutchinson is kind of in that range. Cedric Tillman could be thrown in there as well. And then kind of later in the draft, fourth round, maybe you can start looking at Jonathan Mingo, A.T. Perry, um, Deontay Vion Wicks is another guy. I mentioned him before. Uh, he's a wide receiver out of Virginia. He Kind of that later round prospect, but can be very fun. Um, got good ball skills, good release package. Um, the big thing with him is his 2022 season was not good at all. Um, <laughs> he had 30 receptions for 420 yards and two touchdowns, 14 yards of reception. Just not good numbers. Um, and had some issues with drops, didn't have a great athletic testing measurables. Um, but as a developmental guy and a guy who has a great release package, very tough at the catch point, has good ball skills and can get vertical, you know, that's a guy that if you take him fourth, fifth round, that could be a great name to watch as well. I think the Packers are going to take multiple wide receivers in this draft. I think they're going to take one early. Um, the two names I have circled in the first round is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Second round is Jalen Hyatt. And then, like I said, later on, it's guys like Xavier Hutchinson, Cedric Tillman, um, and guys like that to watch kind of later on in the draft. Before I wrap up, I am going to just mention some drafts that I did. And there are some similar names here and some different ones. So just some more people to kind of keep an eye on at these different positions. So in the first mock that I did, I got Jackson Smith and Jigba at 15. He was there. I was taking him. (laughs) Um, So I took him at 15 in that draft. 45, I got Felix 
Anduiki Uzama. He's an edge from Kansas State. I'll be honest, I don't know a ton about him. Um, but I thought it was good value at the time. Tucker Craft, tight end from South Dakota State. I think this is great value at 78 in the third round. And then a guy I was just talking about, uh, Devonta Vian Wicks, the wide receiver out of Virginia. I got in the fourth round at 116. And then I did a second mock draft. In this one, I purposely tried to go in a different direction. I traded down to 24. So this is this is what I was talking about. And I actually traded down to like 17 and Kincaid and Mayer were still there. And I'm like, I'm going to trade back a little more. And I didn't like what I was getting. And then finally I found one that I liked. So I got from 17 to 24. In those two trades, I added 80 and 88. So two third round picks. I just really like this idea because, like I said, I think trading back, if you're going to take a tight end in the first, trading back and getting some extra picks makes a lot of sense. So, 24, I take Dalton Kincaid, the tight end, out of Utah. 45, I take Keon White, edge, out of Georgia Tech. 78, I take Joe Tipman, uh, interior offensive lineman from Wisconsin. At 80, there's another one of those wide receivers to watch, Cedric Tillman from Tennessee. And then 80. Or sorry, that was 80. 88, I take Gervin Dexter, the defensive lineman from Florida. So, if you listen to all these different mocks, you can see there is a consistent trend. It is tight end, wide receiver, edge, offensive lineman, and, and, and that's kind of the main things that all of these drafts have in common. And then you can sprinkle in, in the later rounds, you can sprinkle in things like like safety, you can sprinkle in defensive linemen, like interior defensive linemen. But for the most part, all of these drafts are tight end, wide receiver, offensive tackle, and then edge rushers. Those are the drafts. So those are the positions that I'm that you should be getting excited about because that's what the Packers are looking at in their top 30 visits, and that's what everyone is saying the Packers are going to do in their, in their mock drafts with some plugged-in guys and also just some people that are – you know, the draft analyst types, they're not really plugged into the NFL, but they watch prospects, they watch college football all the time, and they do a very good job of that. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking at. I'm looking at early in this draft, it's edge, tight end, offensive tackle, wide receiver. Later on, as you get later on in the draft, you can include all of those and then also throw in D-tackle, safety, maybe some cornerbacks here and there. Um, and that's what we're looking at next week. We are, the NFL draft's here next week. Now it's like a week and a half from now, but it is very exciting that it's going to be here. I am going to recap it all um, and let you know what I think of each of the players. I'm going to dive deep into each of these players, watch film in, with each of these players over the weekend once we know who the Packers have. So next week, we're going to do some more draft talk. I think I'm going to do a full first round and I'm going to mock it. It's going to be terrible but I want to see how close I can get and I'm going to document it because why not? Um, so make sure you check that out. I'm also going to do a seven round Packers mock. So two mocks next week. That's all the, that's all the podcast will be, but it'll be very Packers focused, obviously. And then we'll also, like I said, do the full first round and see how terrible I am at this. Um, but until that time, go pack, go. Go pack, go.